This is Law of Attraction Explored. I'm Tim Grimes. Just a programming note, I am going to be traveling some over the next coming weeks. So I know I've been um, usually been posting like two episodes a week of the show, but that probably is going to be transitioning down to about one episode a week. I don't have a set schedule. I kind of just post stuff when I uh, feel moved to. So I just wanted to let you know there's probably going to be not as many episodes as there have been each week. Uh, I would suggest listening to some of the older episodes again, because obviously these episodes are evergreen, meaning that these concepts are meant to be listened to repetitively. So they kind of are instilled into us more and more. If you want to get in touch with me, as always, you can visit RadicalCounselor.com or you can contact me at my email, info at RadicalCounselor.com. Enjoy the episode. So we've been talking about control and controlling your imagination. And again, when we hear this concept, even somebody as charismatic and persuasive as Kuwait talk about it, it still can seem completely overwhelming and daunting. It seems like such a tall task to even try to control our imagination. And what I was talking about last episode is that on a practical level, even though it might seem impossible, nonetheless, that's what we should attempt to do to the best of our abilities. Just practically, psychologically speaking, I'm not talking about on a deep spiritual level and, you know, theoretically. I'm talking about convincing yourself that you are master of yourself, to paraphrase Kuei. Kuei said that if you can persuade yourself, convince yourself that you are master of yourself, then you will be master of yourself. So this idea of control on a practical level, is really obviously a key to the law of attraction, but it also can just make you consider so many different things. And because we've been discussing this, something that came to my mind that just popped up is a very famous American Zen teacher, Shunru Suzuki. He's the author of Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is a book some of you probably have heard of and maybe have read. Shunru Suzuki... um, you know, one of the real giants of Zen in the West. And he's got this great line. I It, it popped to my mind this week after talking about controlling your imagination. The line is, to give your sheep or cow a large spacious meadow is the way to control him. And uh, that's just a great line. And it definitely deals directly with what we're talking about. What, he's, what he says there. So I thought I'd, I'd read a, a larger excerpt from this essay that Suzuki wrote that is included in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. It's the, the title of the essay is appropriately just called Control. And Suzuki wrote, To live in the realm of Buddha nature means to die as a small being moment after moment. When we lose our balance, we die. But at the same time, we also develop ourselves. We grow. Whatever we see is changing, losing its balance. The reason everything looks beautiful is because it is out of balance. But its background is always in perfect harmony. This is how everything exists in the realm of Buddha nature, losing its balance against the background of perfect balance. 
So if you see things without realizing the background of Buddha nature, everything appears to be in the form of suffering. But if you understand the background of existence, you realize that suffering itself is how we live and how we extend our life. So in Zen, sometimes we emphasize the imbalance or disorder of life. Nowadays, traditional Japanese painting has become pretty formal and lifeless. That is why modern art has developed. Ancient painters used to practice putting dots on paper in artistic disorder. This is rather difficult. Even though you try to do it, usually what you do is arranged in some order. You think you can control it, but you cannot. It is almost impossible to arrange your dots out of order. It is the same with taking care of your everyday life. Even though you try to put people under some control, it is impossible. You cannot do it. The best way to control people is to encourage them to be mischievous. Then they will be in control in its wider sense. To give your sheep or cow a large spacious meadow is the way to control him. So it is with people. First let them do what they want and watch them. This is the best policy. To ignore them is not good. That is the worst policy. The second worst is trying to control them. The best one is to watch them, just to watch them, without trying to control them. The same way works for you yourself as well. If you want to obtain perfect calmness in your zazen, you should not be bothered by the various images you find in your mind. Let them come and let them go. Then they will be under control. But this policy is not so easy. It sounds easy, but it requires some special effort. How to make this kind of effort is the secret of practice. That's a pretty incredible excerpt. And it really applies to what we've been discussing. Because control, as Suzuki knows, and as we know, being spiritual practitioners, control is about controlling your mind, your imagination. It's not about controlling other people in a big picture sense. And Suzuki knew how hard and difficult it is to control our mind, to control our imagination. And that it sounds easy, but that it is, you know, a, a difficult practice. But it's really not only a worthwhile practice, but the only practice that you can do once you become aware of how overwhelming, one might say, your thinking and imagination is. And you can either work with your imagination or work against it. And to control your imagination, as Suzuki pointed out, the easiest way to do that usually is to give it space, to give your thinking space, to notice when your thoughts seem to be running all over the place and things seem to be very wild or mischievous, as Suzuki wrote. And to be okay with that just to watch them and then to let it go in the sense that if you watch the wildness, if you watch how seemingly out of control your thoughts and imagination might seem, but if you're not overwhelmed by that, then it will naturally pass. See, the way to control your imagination is to be at peace with it, to be in accord with it, and to allow it to sometimes be very bumpy and wild. Not to assume that's always going to be harmonious and easy and all these things that are just not realistic. And in that way, we can constantly redirect and control our thinking and our imagination 
in a big-picture practical sense. I gave a class last week about stress reduction and specifically stress reduction about our finances and money because money stresses people out more than most subjects. And a lot of that stress is unconscious or just imaginative. In other words, when it comes to money, most of us imagine worst-case scenarios over and over again, and we play into them. We don't notice them and see how silly they are, how ridiculous they are, and then let them naturally pass on their own accord. And in the class, I mentioned one of really the great law of attraction teachers and somebody that I don't think we've spoken about on the show yet, W. Clement Stone, who lived to be 100 and was an incredibly successful businessman and just one of the great self-development teachers of the 20th century. And, you know, he partnered with Napoleon Hill. I've spoken about this in other places. He partnered with Napoleon Hill, kind of brought Napoleon Hill out of retirement um, to write Success with a Positive Mental Attitude with him and to give some lectures together. But really, W. Clement Stone is the guy who, who really did Think and Grow Rich. He didn't write that book, and he was inspired by Napoleon Hill. But Napoleon Hill was... um you know, a charlatan, in my opinion, in many ways. And W. Clement Stone was the real deal. He really did think and grow rich. I remember seeing a comment on YouTube um, from somebody who had been with Stone, had had seen Stone give seminars in the 70s or 80s. And he said that Stone didn't really teach you any specific technique it's that he taught you how to think. W. Clement Stone, in my opinion, if you look at his work, he was a master at controlling his imagination and his thinking. And he said that the key to doing this, in his opinion, the secret was to concentrate on a goal or on a desire, on what you really want, and to persistently focus on that, gently but persistently focus on it, day after day, day after day. And he called this his success indicator in the book he wrote, The Success System That Never Fails. Um, I'll put that excerpt from my class last week where I talk about W. Clement Stone and his success indicator and how you can implement a success indicator. Uh, you, you can look on YouTube and find that excerpt from the class. I think it will be very helpful. But the success indicator, Stone said, was meant to help you control your thoughts and your imagination. Stone was a huge fan of Kuwait. And he said the problem is that we're able to look at other people honestly and do right for the other person. But most of us are unable to look at ourselves honestly and do right for ourselves and judge ourselves fairly. We have a tendency to either judge ourselves too critically or uh, too naively. And the success indicator of Stone was meant to help us monitor our behavior and be honest with ourselves. And, you know, I don't like to say anything is beginner or advanced when it comes to these law of attraction principles because somebody can be new to these principles and if they really get into them, they can implement them right away. But the reason I think I haven't spoken about W. Clement Stone on this show yet is because his advice is advanced. 
the success indicator is advanced in the sense that even though it's simple, it sounds simple, and it's easy to understand intellectually, to actually implement a success indicator in your life, that's an advanced practice. And what W. Clement Stone is talking about is, in some surprising way, very similar to what Suzuki was talking about in that excerpt I just read on control. Stone's talking about constantly redirecting your imagination, constantly redirecting yourself to stay in control, to be in control. And Maxwell Maltz also comes to mind. Maxwell Maltz always talked about how we have to fail ourselves to success, where we have a goal or our focus and we imagine it, we feel it happening, and then we go off track and then we redirect ourselves to go back on track and we just keep on redirecting ourselves over and over and over again. And this constant redirection makes it so we do have control of ourselves, even though in the moment, it often seems like we're in disorder, as Suzuki said, and that things are out of control. In the bigger picture, we do have control because we're aiming for what we want. This episode has been a real crossover of deep spiritual principles with very practical self-development principles. Complicated stuff that we're talking about here, advanced stuff. Like I said, I suggest you watch the YouTube excerpt from my class where I talk about the success indicator that W. Clement Stone advocated. And I hope that you continue to consider this concept of control for what it implies and what it means in your life because it really is uh, the backbone of so much of this law of attraction philosophy. I hope this was helpful.